Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to the podcast. So, yesterday uh, evening, there was something on called Catch and Kill, the podcast. It had... uh, it was on HBO. It had Ronan Farrow, and he was interviewing people. Apparently, it, it's a podcast, and this is kind of cool. Um, as a person who has a podcast, it would be fun to see how we could uh, take some of, you know, out of the thousand episodes, take a few and and you know make them a television show that's compelling to watch. Um, his is based around Harvey Weinstein and having to. Um, jump through so many hoops before someone would actually take him down. You know, there were several journalists who'd written stories, um, but either they got squashed. He tried to get something through on NBC. It got squashed. I mean, for years. And I had always heard, I mean, you got to understand, I'm a film major. I had every intention of working within the studio system. So I spent a lot of time traveling back and forth to L.A., and no, I no one ever said anything good about Harvey Weinstein. You, you may have wanted to get an Oscar, <laughs> you know. You may have wanted to, I don't know, uh, have some prestige because there was prestige around him, which just proves people aren't all one thing. I mean, he is obviously a sexually depraved monster, and and sex terrorist. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't be alone with this guy if you looked a certain way. I guess if you were a young woman, you know, you you were a goner. And, um, you know, for years, nobody would take him down. And then he'd go win a bunch of Oscars for really thoughtful, interesting, entertaining films. Miramax has a wonderful library. And it's like... I don't know. I guess if he walked around with a sign that said, I'm a sexual predator, you know, that would be helpful. But people are nuanced. You know, he obviously had great taste in film and filmmakers and, you know, talent. A lot of people came through the Miramax uh, chapter. You know, they just they got their career through him. And if you were a guy, it was great, you know. But obviously, if you were a woman... Uh, watch out and there were times when we were actively taking meetings and uh, thankfully we never even had to encounter him but I never wanted to I mean he you know in the so when you start looking for a job and stuff so you can pay your bills and you I never even wanted to work there I had read so many horror stories I was like dude I, I can't have some grown man yelling and screaming in my face and people go well you know, they could have left the room or they could have quit their job. But when you have to pay your bills and you think you have your dream job, that's extortion and it's horrible and it's wrong. I mean, I'm not understanding how we've gotten into all these weird gray areas about what's right and what's wrong. That's wrong. That is that is abusing your power and uh, taking advantage of people who need to make money. You know, it's ridiculous. Like Charlie Rose. Oh, you know, be my assistant. You may see my penis, but yeah, that's part of the job. It's really not. It's not part of any job. And I think once women finally put their foot down and like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit and start really blasting people and calling them out. You know, it's different if I go to your room because I want to have sex with you. You know what? 
every woman knows, every grown woman knows when she's going to a certain space, sex might be on the table, but not knocking me out cold and having sex with me or um, forcing me to have sex with you when I wasn't expecting to have sex with you. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. And I think this, the Me Too culture hasn't gone far enough because they haven't, uh, people have gotten confused. So the Me Too culture has gotten conflated with the cancel culture. You see what I'm saying? So now people who may be doing something that sh- they shouldn't be doing and they're getting caught, they're like, you can't cancel me. And it's like, I don't even understand cancel culture. I don't want to cancel you. I want everybody to know you ain't shit. And I want it out there and I want people talking about it. You see what I'm saying? I don't I don't necessarily believe in canceling people. There's no healing in canceling them. I want you to know. I want everybody to know what you did. You know what I mean? Like if you out here raping women, knocking them out cold, you know, and I get that everybody's not going to get jail time. But I do think knocking people off their high horses and some of these vain, um, you know, super predatory men sometimes not being famous is is punishment for them because their egos are so huge. And it's it's all just a big act anyway. I think if you're a sexual predator, you're probably deeply, deeply a coward. And you just don't want people to know. But the truth comes out eventually. And I think we need to stop uh, putting all these catchphrases and shit out into the ethos. No, not the ethos. Um, It's early. I'm tired. Uh, In the atmosphere, you know, out into the ether. We need to stop using all these catchphrases. And, uh, you know, really just deal with things as, as they are. It is what it is. And we don't have to worry about cancel culture. We don't have to worry about uh, the culture because black people think we have the only culture. Um, Or hip hop. Hip hop is always like the culture. You're like, really? There's a lot of culture. Uh, A lot of different cultures. And depending on who you are, you may be in a ton of them. I filled out a, a job application the other day and it was hilarious they're trying so hard to cover everybody it was like how do you identify yourself and it was like six things and I was you know I had to scroll just to look for female I had to scroll just to look for heterosexual (laughs) I mean it was like a bunch of choices and it's like you know pretty soon they're just gonna put undecided on there so you could just click that but then I was thinking gosh you know you could get really exotic on these. Uh, you, there's no telling what's going to walk through the door for their interview with these types of uh, questions. It was a lot. But anyway, um, Catch and Kill, the podcast is on HBO as usual. Excellent. Ronan Farrow. Excellent. Um, HBO is on fire. They are dealing. I mean, they always have been, though. I would say I enjoy 80% of the of the uh, of the what was I gonna say? Eighty percent of the programming, maybe, maybe even ninety percent. I did not enjoy White Lotus. It was strange. Uh, that's a new series. Uh, I'm looking forward to Succession coming back. I know that. 
Um, but White Lotus, I don't know. Mike White, that director and writer, he makes some very, I feel like he doesn't like people that much. Uh, there are directors that you can watch and you can see they aren't really, they don't, they're not optimistic about people. Yeah, they, they, they're here. They're, some of them are interesting, but for the most part, people just trash each other. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I get from Mike White projects. Um, he, uh, he's done a variety of things. Most notably, I think he wrote School of Rock, which I enjoyed. Um, but I mean, Jack Black is hilarious. Uh, and I'm sure they made him give it a Hollywood happy ending. Um, but his first project that I recall was something like Chuck and Buck. It was just weird. And I did, I really felt some kind of way about that. I can't remember completely the plot, but basically this guy shows up and he stalks his friend. I think it was his friend. I'm getting this wrong. You should look it up yourself. But he, he stalks his friend and basically extorts him into some sort of sexual relationship after 20 years or something. It was weird. And I was like, this guy, that was his first film. I think at least it was the first film I was familiar with him. And I think he was in it. And I was like, this is bizarre. And his movies just sort of take that tone. Like people are kind of not shit. So this White Lotus thing, you have this super exclusive Hawaiian island and all these super wealthy people show up for a a weird detached vacation. Like no one has any joie de vivre in this group. You know, the staff is weird. The the people who go to the resort are weird. You know, but I love Connie Britton. So I was trying to, I want, I want to watch one more episode because I'm a big fan of hers. But I just, I don't know. I, some directors you can just tell are just not that into people. David Fincher comes to mind. Seven. <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> you know, he just, and I love his work, House of Cards. He just seems like he just doesn't think people are that great. And, uh, you know, some days I agree. Some days, but, you know, I, I feel like this. And I think I've shared this before. I... I know that there are some not great people in the world, you know, but I do think that the majority of people are, are really good, but the bad people, if you will, are some of the worst you have ever seen and their numbers, while they may not be as big as the good folks, we're not 50, 50, but it seems to be that the, the bad people, their numbers are rising and some of that is circumstantial, uh, which is never an excuse, but it's starting younger and younger that people just sort of, you know, become an anti-hero, no hero at all. They just choose to be the villain and they're playing out these video games like they're real life and it's scary, you know? So I do think they're good people and I'm more of a not exactly a silver lining. I'm not going to sugarcoat details but every day is not sad even in a person's you know toughest day there's some moment that you can find some joy and I tend to focus on the joy even in my own life and I can tell stories and I can look at people and they're like whoa you've been through a lot and I don't even look at it that way 
I don't. Even with my issues with the dementia and the caregiving, I mean, it's not all day, every day that I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's not that. I mean, listen to this podcast for seven to 10 minutes a day. I crack up a lot. I make myself laugh. So even when I'm doing something that's horrendous, and I've done some horrendous things as a caregiver, uh, not necessarily for my mom, but for other members of my family, and I crack up at that because it's like, God, I can't believe I had to do no. And then all I think is great. That just gives me great material to put in a screenplay. So eventually when it happens, y'all are going to be like, man, your your work is so realistic. I know. So anyway, I'm rambling a little bit. But uh, to catch, uh, I think it's Catch and Kill, the podcast. Very good. Ronan Farrow. Uh, I saw the first, no, I saw the second episode, I DVR'd the first episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and it gives you an idea of wh- why the movies that come out look like they do, why the movie industry looks like it looks, why it's not uh, diverse, why it's not um, balanced. And, you know, I, I saw it firsthand when I was an intern. I was like, no wonder. And that was 30 years ago. I was like, no wonder the movie business is crazy. And like, everything's not and and there was no real balance the black film boom hadn't happened yet and I was like no wonder because you walk through the halls of at that time Warner Brothers was not very diverse and uh it was like okay (laughs) this explains a lot so anyway just stay encouraged and be excited about whatever's going on we're in the middle of July practically so we got to keep slogging through. I know a lot of really busy, busy, busy people. Um, and it's starting to feel like overwhelming. But you know what? It's just a season. Everybody has a season like this. So just stay in there. Stay focused. Stay strong. And again, I was reminded yesterday um, about a pep talk I gave a, a couple months ago. You know, when you're waiting on the cavalry. You are the cavalry. Sometimes you just got to pick up your gun and go fight yourself because no one's coming over the hill to save you. You've been waiting and waiting and nobody showed up. But that's okay because if nobody showed up, that means you were meant to fend for yourself. And that's a season. Everybody has a season where you realize no one's going to bail me out. No help is coming. No one is interested in helping me. I've got to help myself. Of course, the analogy I'm using is wartime, you know, like the Civil War when you were just laid out waiting for somebody to show up to reinforce you and they didn't show up and you just had to pick up your gun and start shooting. Well, we don't have that situation right now, but in your life, there are challenges. There are things that you're going through and you just have to pick yourself up and keep going. These are crucial moments in your life where you get to make decisions about who you are and what you believe and and what you're made of. And I don't know. I find that kind of exciting. I don't always love going through it, but when I emerge, I always know I'm a better person for it. And that's all that's all you can ask, right? So hang in there, be encouraged, stay strong, right? Just stay strong. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you guys are the best. We're available in all kinds of places now. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I mean, I Googled Mad Love Podcast and it popped up all kinds of places. Um, 
Amazon. You, we're on uh, Audible. You know, so just check us out wherever you like to listen. And uh, the music is always available. Culprit Manifest. Follow us, like us, wherever you listen to music. Um, that team, uh, resilient, strong, amazing, creative. We're just out here trying to be our very, very best. And we appreciate you taking time and, and supporting us. We really do. So please have a wonderful Wednesday. Be your best. Just talking about it now got me choking up And I don't wanna rehash those feelings Cause then all those scabs start peeling I get mad and talk bad about people Curse the world, call it trash and evil And just cause I might have to leave you And not care, I don't have to see you All these feelings, I don't even try to fight them Cause real talk, then you probably just like them Can you even stand the love a man like me? I ain't never gonna change, why can't you see? Do you really think that you can even handle me? You ain't never even It's a matter of time before I doubt you I'm so paranoid, I swear the noise clouds truth And now your presence is just developing foul moves And all I wonder is when you leaving and how soon This jealousy overzealously rages It's a felony, definitely a vagrant Whatever you're telling me better be amazing Cause otherwise this love will die and turn to hatred I feel what my heart was is now vacant And now my bad attitude feels flagrant I'm sorry girl, this love, I can't take it Cause when I expose myself, I feel naked Just might make it And our bond will go far beyond breaking And this match might be heaven in the making Matter of fact, this covenant might be sacred And I imagine that we're passing something special I always fathom that love could be the vessel I feel a calm peace in me starting to settle I'm letting go and letting love unless you Stop losing your grip on what you promised Cause breaking up with the breaking the cage monster I tried to warn you girl, I tried to stop you But you swear you can take whatever I brought you Man, you can see why I pushed you away it wasn't a game, but you just kept pushing play. I tried to leave, but you just begged me to stay. You should have left me where I'm leaving now, but maybe too late.
think that you can be the answer key Would you really even wanna take a chance on me? Uh. Take a chance on me